Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6 a.m. on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Now, Ryanair has kicked off the earnings season in the travel sector, beating expectations with profit after tax of €170 million for the three months to the end of June. The Irish carrier has been less exposed to some of the travel disruption we've seen at airports like Gatwick and Heathrow. That's compared to some of its rivals. We're joined in studio now by Neil Sarahan, Chief Financial Officer of Ryanair. Good morning to you, Neil. Thank you. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Caroline. On radio. What is, you, you in these results you're talking about uh, summer capacity being 115% of where it was compared to 2019. What about after the summer though? What's your outlook on post-summer demand and the impact of inflation? Yeah, well our full year uh, traffic target for the, for the year is 165 million customers, which on a full, on an annualised basis an 11% increase on where we were pre-COVID and indeed we, we plan to grow the year after that to 185 million and ult- ultimately over the next Next uh, four to five years carry 225 million passengers, which will be a, a 50% increase from where we were pre-COVID. And Stephen, that this is facilitated with the, the 210 order book that we got from Boeing. 73 of those aircraft already in the fleet, and another 50 to come in uh, over the winter ahead of summer of uh, 2023. Okay, but there's still a great deal of um, uncertainty, isn't there? Certainly in uh, the airline industry, um, the rising costs, squeezing margins in the post-summer quarters. Is that? I mean, this is traditionally the months when it's hardest to make money. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, uh, airlines don't make an awful lot of money in what would be our fourth quarter, uh, the the January to uh, to March quarter. Uh, we do have Christmas, however, in, in, in the third quarter. Christmas, as we all recall, was cancelled for the past uh, two years that are maybe pent up demand into that. I think the biggest uh, risk or concern into the winter is whether we will see a return of uh, various COVID variants that are not uh, vaccine resistant. We remember Omicron last year, which would, would be why we have a certain level of caution into the winter. But demand is, is very, very strong. Um, you know, we, we had 95% load factors last uh, month. We're carrying over half a million people a day at this point in time, over 3,000 flights uh, every single day uh, within the Ryanair network. And we would anticipate that that will continue uh, into the winter period. Uh, we do traditionally take some capacity out over winter to do maintenance. Um, but we, as I said, we're on track to carry 165 million customers in the full year. We're talking a lot about the disruption to travel in various parts of Europe, long delays at airports, things like that. We had Heathrow, of course, imposing that cap on passenger numbers. Now, Ryanair doesn't operate out of Heathrow, but airports that you do operate out of, I'm thinking about Dublin Airport, for example, uh, has experienced long delays. What sort of impact is that having on your business? Yeah, D- Dublin was a was a mess earlier on in the summer, uh, but I'm pleased to say I, I travelled through it yesterday afternoon and got through it very quickly, so things are improving. 
uh, and we're seeing more of that ac- across the network. The, the single biggest issue that we've had uh, this summer is in relation to our traffic control. Uh, we're seeing unprecedented levels uh, of uh, delays as a result of uh, understaffing in our traffic control across Europe and we would be calling on the ANSPs and the various governments across Europe to sort this out before we get into the, bu- uh, the busy uh, summer seri- uh, series for uh, 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, but as regards ourselves, we took a decision at the, the start of COVID uh, to not let our people go, to keep them current. So when we started to come out the other side, all of our people were, were fully trained, fully up to date. Uh, and indeed, we started recruiting uh, for, for the summer of 2022 a year ago. Um, so we're operating 115% of pre-COVID capacity this summer uh, and having no issues uh, within our control uh, from a disruption perspective. So in terms of your staffing numbers, how do they compare now to pre-pandemic? Well, we've 19,000 people uh, working for us. We would have had about 16,000 people uh, pre-pandemic and we had to plan for 73 extra aircraft uh, coming in this summer. You have recently reached pay deals with French and Spanish pilots. As you said, you kept people on, but there were pay cuts imposed. You've had a strike over the weekend by Belgian pilots. Is there other disruption that you're concerned about this summer? Not particularly. Uh, you know, there have been a, a number of small, very poorly supported uh, strikes over the, over the course of the, the summer. In many instances, unions that are not supported by the, the staff themselves. Um, so we, we, in no day at all, as I said, with over 3,000 flights, have we seen more than 1% of our, our capacity impacted uh, from these disruptions. Our customers are getting to where they want to go. Yes, we are taking on some delays due to air traffic control and earlier in the summer uh, to do with understaffing on security and, and third partly handling but that's starting to uh, fi- find its way through the system and improving a bit. Are you under pressure on wages though? Not particularly. Uh, you know, we, we kept our people current. Uh, what we have agreed to do when we saw an, an uptick in traffic in the spring, uh, we got into accelerated uh, pay restoration discussions with our people. This will see them get extra money this year. Uh, and hopefully, if we get back to pre-COVID profits uh, in, in, in FY23 or in FY24, uh, we'll see full pay restoration at that point in time. Um, what do governments and airports indeed have to do in order to sort of stabilise operations? There's been quite an unseemly fight, certainly in the UK, between government and the airport managers uh, about who's to blame. What needs to happen to try to stabilise this situation, which is pan-European? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they didn't really have a tough job this summer in that they, they knew the schedules, they knew what the airlines were going to fly. Uh, all they had to do was get the staffing right, and unfortunately... That didn't didn't go to plan. Um, the, the the nature of aviation is that it is a highly regulated industry, and if you want to hire staff, particularly if they're going to be working security or baggage handling, they have to get clearance. That takes a number of weeks. We're starting to see that improve as we get into August at this point in time. So they just need to start planning uh, an awful lot earlier. How do you handle issues around fuel hedging? You see in these results you're talking about increasing hedging for 2024 to 30%, 80% in 2023. Is this the point that you hedge at with fuel prices at these levels? Yeah, well, we don't look at fuel as something that we're, you know, we're, we're trying to make money on. Um, it's, it's it's our single largest cost, so we want certainty in how we manage the business, uh, which is why you know we went ahead and we hedged into the current financial year. Now, in fairness, we have a better balance sheet than everyone else, which meant we were able to get the hedge lines from the banks when when a lot of our competitors weren't able to do so, and and we typically hedge on a 12, 18 month horizon, and we'll continue to do so uh, out into the future. Um, but we have increased our cover for FY24 from 20% when we were on, uh, out in May with our results to, to 30% as of today. Um, but equally, it's not just the fuel. Um, currency has, has also 
uh, particularly on the euro dollar, uh, move towards parity. We're, we're hedged on euro dollar at about 115 uh, for the current year, and indeed on our capital expenditure for the aircraft out to FY26, uh, we've locked in at 124, uh, giving great certainty and cost savings on the aircraft over the next few years. Do you just briefly, Neil, see any softening in the determination to reach the climate goals that Europe and the UK and Ireland indeed have set out? I don't believe so. Uh, I think we've all accepted that, you know, we have to move and we have to move now on this. Um, we, we this morning are, are setting out our stall on how we get to, to net carbon zero by 2050. Uh, we, we've already uh, set aggressive targets out to 2030 and, and we're working very hard with Trinity College in Dublin and others in relation to research for sustainable aviation fuel. So I, I think this is something that we as an industry uh, are very keen to tackle, uh, which we move forward. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.